Hi, I'm Jim Paolino, CEO of Lodestar Software Solutions and the host of Lodestar's Landing Leaders. On this podcast, we bring in thought leaders from across the real estate industry and occasionally outside of it to have conversations that are insightful, interesting, and impactful. Let's get started. Welcome to this week's episode of Lodestar's Lending Leaders. We have a very special guest, uh, clients of mine and a leading company in the industry, home loan expert. We have Bob Boges and April McCoy here to talk about the industry in general, but also about a new charity, Keep Climbing, uh, that they launched recently. Bob, April, great having you both. Thanks for having us. Thank you. I was uh, saying before the call, too, this is the excitement of being the first time we have three people on the call instead of just two. So hopefully it means I get to talk even less than normal. <laughs> uh, so um, what got you both in, in the mortgage industry? Were you just one of those kids growing up? I want to be a loan officer. I want to, you know, what, what, what got you to where you are today? So for me, I came out of college and I had a friend that worked uh, as a processor. Uh, when I came out of college, uh, it was the subprime industry. Uh, and back in 2003, uh, so she was like, I have a job if you want one. So I kind of fell into the mortgage industry, mm-hmm. got to know the, uh, the, the business really well and, uh, develop, uh, that, you know, I, I really enjoyed the op side of things and, uh, mm-hmm. and here we are. So I have never been able to really leave the industry as most mm-hmm. people, it sucks you in and it keeps you. Yeah. And do you think there's any particular reason for that of the things you enjoy about it, aside from you know, just being a, a steady industry, I guess, most of the time? Um, the one thing I really enjoy for working on the ops side and having teams is, uh, you know, seeing people rise up through from, uh, you know, getting in an industry as a processor to becoming underwriters. I really mm-hmm. enjoy developing and, uh, and promoting people to uh, see them rising up throughout the industry to just to, to uh, see that growth in the main thing. That's my enjoyment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely one of the great things about this industry. You see the same people coming back time after time. The title changes, maybe the company they're at changes, but it's it's definitely cool to see that growth over time. And we're also in St. Louis, and St. Louis has a really tight niche mortgage area, and mm-hmm. everybody seems to know everybody here. So you constantly have that not big network here. It's really mm-hmm. kind of nice. Right. And April, how about you? I, I didn't know anything about the mortgage industry. I actually was in marketing. Uh, so I met Ryan Kelly, our founder, through my marketing agency that I was working for. And so he's a really big believer in marketing. Um, he does a ton of marketing. And so he needed someone to be able to come in and say no. He was really good at saying yes to everything that any radio station would bring him. And so I started with Ryan on the marketing side and did a lot of the radio. He does the creative. I am not creative at all, but the negotiating and the uh, really the crunching of numbers, what stations are working, what's working, what's not. And then from there just grew with him as we um, developed into the home loan expert, went out and kind of baptism by fire, found out what a warehouse line was and filled out the application and got all the pieces and the investors and the payroll company and all the things that have taken us from, you know, a 10 person company to a 200 plus company. Um, And then I have an accounting background. And so that's how the financial side came in. So I probably know the least about mortgages. Um, I know a little bit to be dangerous, but really the marketing and the, and the financial side is what I really want. The warehouse line is you're probably far ahead of most people. (laughs) (laughs) I I definitely appreciate the the saying now I have, um, our marketing manager, Elena serves that purpose for me really well. So it's, it's, it's definitely important to have um, that, that, that balance at the end of the day. So looking at marketing in other industries, what do you think has been different about mortgages and marketing mortgages and the way that people perceive the industry in general? 
I think the biggest thing that is different, and I don't know that all mortgage companies does, what was really unique to Ryan is I had several clients and what they could never tell me is what was working. And so I would spend all this money and I would do all these things. And then they'd come in and they say, it's not working or it is working. And, and so what we do and what Ryan has done really well and we've developed is we know when a lead comes in, where it came from, what radio station it came from. We're really heavy on traditional media um, in a lot of our corporate markets. And so I knew that this lead came in at this time. And so we were able to really track that and do that. And a lot of companies don't, you know, a lot of other, a lot of other companies, they look and they just, when business is good, they tell you the marketing is working. And when business is bad, they tell you it's not working, but they can't tell you what was working. And so the good thing about um, the home loan expert is we know exactly what stations work and we try a lot and we figure out what works and what doesn't. And so I really liked that I was, I walked in and here were all the numbers and I was able to say like, oh my gosh, we know that this station's working and it doesn't matter about ratings. It doesn't matter about cost per point, all that stuff that traditional marketing people love doesn't matter in the mortgage industry. Because if you're on, if someone's listening to a podcast and there's only 10 people that listen to a podcast about grass growing or something who cares if they if they call and get your loan with you then, yeah. it, then that's a successful purchase so and then so it seems like you're probably not a subscriber to the marketing adage half the dollars in marketing you spend are useless you just don't know which that's true no i don't think that no, any no. of us if we're if we spend some useless dollars we spend we know that we're spending them and we're probably not going to get a return on it but we're doing it for other reasons but you know, my radio stations love me for that, or they hate me for that, but they, they can walk in and I meet with them. And I say like, listen, we've been on you for six months. Here's how many leads we've got. Here's how many closings we've got. Here's, and, and it's just not working. And so that's, that's what I really love is that we just know. And it also helps the radio stations and the TV stations and the reps, because when you do cancel them, it's not personal. None of it's personal, right? It's just business. So and it's nothing to, it's just who their listeners are, right? Certainly. Yeah, it's just not who the listeners are. And so we've kind of, everyone has their niche. Our niche is a little different. And, you know, as we've expanded into other markets, their niche is a little different. And so what works in St. Louis, we try to um, make that work in Chicago and Nashville and Indy and all the other markets, but sometimes you have to find what's unique to there. So, so is, there, is there a specific type of music or type of radio station you see better than others? Or are you just on, you know, the B101 oldie station all the time and that's where you're seeing all well, of them? We always, you know, we, because I'm on the financial side too, we always start with sports and mm -hmm. the sports, there's a smaller audience. And so you can buy it a little cheaper so I can kind of mm -hmm. own that quicker. Um, and so we kind of always start with sports and expand from there. Okay, that's smart. Uh, Giving away all my marketing secrets now. <laughs> I'm just that's fine. Philly Sports Talk Radio is a, is a bear unto itself. I don't really want to touch that, so. Yeah, but that's kind of what we do. You know, I mean, I want to, I, 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 my whole thing with everything, whether it's the marketing or where, I want to get the most I can from my dollar. So if yeah. I can yeah. spend, reach the most amount of people and get some frequency there, then that works for us. So that's kind of where we start. Oh, that's interesting. Um, and Bob, I know we've been working together for a number of years now, and there's been a lot of changes in the industry over that time. How have you found, been able to let, navigate the last 15 months? What things have you felt changed the most? And now as you know, we get back towards the return to normal or whatever that new normal is, what, what of these changes do you think will actually stick around? Um, I see you're both in an office, for example, but you know, where do you, what has that journey been like? Um, we've had a pretty interesting journey from the time that the uh, <clears throat> Corona hit and uh, 
hedge hedge funds started to collapse a little bit for all across the industry. Uh, you know, and then uh, June and July throughout the last year, every mortgage company refi helped refi make basically all of the United States. So now we are, uh, you know, focusing on different types of marketing strategies to keep the refis coming in. Um, for our company alone, we're growing our loan officer base. Uh, the other thing is that we're seeing a lot of non-QM products come back. We're seeing, you know, the bank statement mortgages come back. I mean, they, those were the, one of the first ones to leave the industry when the, when Corona hit and uh, they tightened up guidelines. So we're seeing, I've seen, uh, we have a program now where you can do stated deals uh, or it's actually not even a stated deal. It's just, you don't put any income or assets on your application. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of private money sitting on the sidelines that, uh, that, uh, that are going to be available to borrowers. Uh, it's looking more like uh, back in the early 2000s with those, uh, programs, but more regulation uh, on fees and stuff and where uh, to limit another market collapse like it did happen in the 08. Right. And non-QM is kind of what, what the subprime deals are now. now oh, about. yeah. Yeah. I mean, when we that's how I met our vice president, Kyle Melvin. Him and I worked together at a company called uh, Creepcore Mortgage. They're mm -hmm. a subprime lender. And I mean, we had programs from uh, stated to, uh, the, our niche was that we averaged the top two FICO scores. Uh, so, uh, it was a wild, wild west back then. And what, what do you think now is, is the reason that those are gaining in popularity and what are kind of the advantages to consumers? Obviously, if someone's been, you know, adversely affected through, through COVID and maybe their, their job situation has been a little more fluid, I guess it's, you know, it would make more sense with stated income. Yeah, that, and I think, uh, the big advantage would be those, uh, self-employed borrowers that, um, you know, for bank statement deals that they're writing everything off and they're taking advantage of the tax code, uh, rightfully so. And, um, and then the borrowers that can do stated that, that maybe have an income that has a spouse that makes the money, but her credit or his credit was affected negatively and they can get mm -hmm. the loan. So, I mean, there's a lot of niches that we could, you could take advantage of with the new uh, non-QM stuff. Mm -hmm. And now is, is kind of another kind of change coming forward. You mentioned refining the entire country, right? interest rates are slightly higher, refis are down, everything's moving to a purchase market if there's even homes for sale. Not sure what the St. Louis market is like, but how is that changing what you're doing both from a marketing perspective as well as kind of operations as you're either trying to get more pur purchases or seeing that mix change if it is? Yeah, I mean, we're working uh, diligently to get uh, more purchases, uh, get more realtor relations, but I mean, we're, we're in the same boat as most uh, markets where everybody is uh, chasing homes. There's a lot of cash offers going out right now. Uh, people are paying thirty, forty thousand dollars over asking price. Uh, for example, my sister-in-law just put her house up for sale. It sold before it hit the market, and they got, I think it was about forty thousand over. And that home, I know, is not worth what what came in at. So uh, I think. Uh, so that does make it uh, tighten up the purchase market a little bit harder. And I think everybody's feeling that pain and, and uh, mm -hmm. we're just waiting for, uh, for the little uh, relief on that part. The house next to mine actually just um, went under contract too and it was up for sale and it was on the market for 17 days and everyone was surprised how long that was. Right? Yeah, that, that's like a year right now. Time, uh, the two and a half weeks that was on the market. So it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's very interesting right now. Right. And April, from kind of a marketing perspective, chasing after those purchases or, or getting in front of realtors, is that changing the types of things you're doing on your end? 
It does. It changes. We've always kind of want changed that message when we want to hit the purchases and kind of during more quote unquote purchase season, we just change our creative message to more purchases, but we've definitely stepped up our game on the realtor relationships and doing that. And as we're expanding, you know, a big part of our growth has been bringing on additional loan officers from across the country and mm -hmm. those loan officers have those relationships. You know, we're pretty unique in being so heavy marketing, um, where a lot of our loan officers kind of are on a different system. They just, they they wait for the marketing to bring in the leads where a lot of loan officers are out hustling their own leads, right? So our new LOs, the L, and some of them aren't new, we've had them on for several years, but as we're doing that, they kind of have the realtor relationships and those established relationships already. So just as a company, that's kind of naturally happening by the growth that we're bringing on. But with our corporate markets and kind of our corporate model, we're definitely changing that up and doing more, doing more of the relationships, doing more of the, um, you know, really meeting the realtors, getting to know them, doing that piece. Yeah, you definitely see a lot of lenders embrace kind of what I call the hero model, where it says, oh, come in loan officer, okay, go, you know, eat what you kill, go figure it out. Maybe we have a little technology and stuff, some stuff you can use if you want, but go ahead and it seems like actually being able to funnel them, funnel them leads is a way that just really sets you up for success. Yeah, it definitely makes us unique in that situation. And we have, I can't even, I started with Ryan as the marketing and I was the only marketing person at the time. I kind of did the logistics and he did the creative, but you know, with a big part of our growth has come the marketing team. Mm -hmm. And so there's a whole marketing team that I, you know, that is doing way more than I'm doing and really getting more involved in the digital and doing all, you know, I kind of know my ways. I know I'm traditional media. I'm old school. I know radio, I know television, but start talking SEO and PPC and all of those pieces, right? Like I need someone else to do that part. So we've got our whole team really working on that and reaching that, you know, and there's, there's just so many pieces now. I mean, now you can, target people that walk to an open house. You can target, there's just all of the digital things that are just beyond me. So luckily for me, I have a great marketing team that is doing that piece and really working and focusing on that part. Um, but I still, the traditional media for us and for our corporate still drives that business. And the other piece is they know, you know, I mean, especially in St. Louis, we've been here for, you know, 10 plus years. They know us, they've heard us, they trust us. Um, and they like the things we do, you know, that make us different that, you know, yeah. we do past client nights. We invite all our past clients back to last year was the first year we missed, but this will be our 10th year where anybody that's closed alone with, we invite them to come to a Cardinal game with us in Indianapolis, they'll go to a Pacers game, the other thing. So we kind of do those different things and develop those relationships that were more than just a loan office, you know, like, I mean, when I closed my first loan, I don't remember who that is, but you know, if you go to a Cardinal game with them every year, you remember who did that. So we kind of hit the life cycles as part of our marketing strategy is that we get them the first time, but then they're going to refi their house and then they're going to sell their house. And then they're going to need to take out money from their house so they can send their kid to college. And then their kid from college is going to need a house to buy. So, so we kind of get the purchases just naturally through that cycle. And so just keeping our relationships with our all of our clients is just as important as what radio station I'm buying. I think that's really refreshing to hear too, because all too often you you see companies kind of looking at this as a transactional business. Your technology is important, but relying only on technology and just leveraging the heck out of everything um, will only work so far. But I think the companies that we've seen are successful. And one of the things that's great about your approach is the combination of the two, right? This is a yeah. relationship business, but let's use technology 
to get those relationships better. Let's get in front of more people with technology and marketing. Let's be very efficient when we're actually closing a loan because it's just going to make it a whole lot easier uh, to keep on doing that as well. Right, yeah. And that's some of our growing pains with our marketing department. They're all really, really, really smart and talented marketing people that have come from other companies, but they haven't come from the mortgage business and they want to come in and they want to, you know, they have all these great ideas and we want to embrace those ideas, but they also haven't seen the 10 years of the relationship building and that, you know, that the radio is going to drive some of that and that we can't just all go, you know, we don't want to be an all digital mortgage company. That's not our goal. I mean, even as we grow, that's never going to be our goal that we just funnel leads and that we do that. Do we need the leads from the internet? Absolutely. But we also want to keep that relationship part of that. Yeah. And I'm just diversifying. It's just, you know, very, very healthy thing to do at the end of the day. Yeah. So, talking about, you know, things that you do differently than other mortgage companies out there is kind of gets us to one of the, the main reasons we wanted you on is to talk about the, the Keep Climbing Foundation, the, the charity that you've started. Yeah. So we, when we started about seven, this would be our eighth year. So about eight years ago, we were starting the Home Loan Expert LLC. So we were a DBA under another mortgage company and we were branching out and we were going to become the Home Loan Expert LLC. And that's when I got involved with the marketing. That's when we started getting the warehouse line, the investors, I kind of stepped up from the marketing to do some of the other pieces. Mm -hmm. And so during that transition, there were some tough days, you know, whenever you leave a company, it's always very difficult when you're trying to start another company. There were some really, really tough days. And so mm -hmm. Ryan had met some people um, through one of the uh, charities here locally to St. Louis, Friends of Kids with Cancer. They'd asked us through a radio station to sponsor something. And we did, and we got to go and meet some of these kids that were battling cancer. Mm -hmm. And we went on a limo ride and we'd raised, gotten toys from him from a, a, toy found, a toy drive for Christmas. And it just really resonated with Ryan. And so I think, and I, I might be kind of off on this, but I think one night he was watching Everest, I think was the show at the time. And he was like, I'm gonna climb a mountain. And he came into work and he sent out an email and said, who wants to climb a mountain with me? And, his, and he said, nobody said anything. And, he, and the story goes, nobody said anything. And then I did, was kind of thinking about it. And then a day or two later, I said, do you think I could climb a mountain? Cause I'm not climb a mountain. I don't know what that means. I mean, we're in the Midwest, there aren't mountains around here. So I, and so he said, yeah, and literally he, as I sat there, he signed us up and we were headed to Mount Rainier in mm -hmm. Seattle, Washington to climb that mountain. And we decided that we were going to climb the mountain to raise money for some of those kids, friends of kids with cancer that we had met. And that's where Climb for the Kids started was that first year in 2015. I got married in June of 2015. Mm -hmm. So right when we got back from Mexico, I got married in Mexico, we started training and Ryan and I went out and we saw this mountain in Seattle and I knew I was over my head, but, but we did it and we tried and we didn't make it to the top of that year, but we raised $14,410. So our goal was to raise a dollar for every foot of the mountain. Um, and through that fundraising, we, one of our TV affiliates, Fox Sports Midwest that runs the Cardinals, Mm -hmm. gave us a first pitch opportunity. And through mm -hmm. that first pitch opportunity, we were able to um, raffle that off for people that donated. And the person that won said, why don't you donate it back to one of the kids and let one of the kids go. And when they did that is how we met Alec Ingram. Mm -hmm. And that was when we really knew that we had something going special. So we met Alec. He was Gosh, I'm going to be bad at my math here. I think he was probably about 10 at the time. Um, he was 
Nine. 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 Okay. Older than my daughter. He was about, he was nine at the time. And he threw out that first pitch. He had just broken his arm. When he broke his arm, it was having a tough time healing. And they found out that he had cancer in his arm. And so they had to do surgery on his arm to get the cancer out. When he did the surgery, they weren't sure if they were going to be able to keep his arm or not. And they were. So when we donated the pitch to the to the friends of kids with cancer, they said, we have the perfect kid to do it. And when we met him and he threw that first pitch, we saw what the climb did to change one kid's life mm -hmm. and that that was going to be, we were going to keep doing that. And so for the last seven years, we've done the climb for the kids. Mm -hmm. um, and this year we were able, and we've always, so we've done the climb for the kids and we've just picked different charities. We've always kept friends of kids with cancer. Um, actually ironically doing this podcast today alec that we met and throughout that first pitch he's actually since passed away and today would be his 16th birthday and so his family started a foundation so we've raised money for his foundation we've raised money for all kinds of different foundations that help kids with cancer and help kids and so now we have our foundation keep climbing and so instead of raising money and saying please donate to these other foundations we're able to collect the money and help actually give the money directly to the kids foundations or to the children that need it or do whatever we want with it. So we've just, it's really, it's really just changed the growth of the company. There are just times sometimes when we just, you know, you can have a tough day in the mortgage world. And then we meet some of these, we'd meet these kids. We met Alex's mom actually works for us now after he passed away and she just, she wow. didn't, you know, she knew that, like, how am I ever going to go on an interview again? How am I ever going to go to work again? And we said, yeah. you know, what, come work here. And when you can't come to work, we understand why. And she's one of our top, she's one of our great employees in our post-closing department. And what turned into come to work when you can, she's a, where are you this week, Jen? We need you. And so. Um, Might be the first of the 21 podcasts where I cry. So. We can get sad, but the things that we do, the things that we are able to do for Alec, the things we are able to do. And, and it is sometimes, you know, when, when I was climbing that mountain, when I climbed the first mountain, so I was on the very first ever climb for kids. Mm. Uh, we hadn't met Alec yet. We knew we were raising money, but we hadn't yeah. done, we had, I, I just had, didn't have the personal connection. I hadn't met all the relationships. It's always great to fundraise. And, uh, but I didn't have the will in me at the time to say like look at what alex went through look at what his families went through we've met another little girl elizabeth look at not young lady elizabeth look at what she's went through so mm. ryan has continued the climb for the last seven years um mm. and he's done that they've done jackson hole pikes peak ryan went to ecuador and climbed a couple mountains um i'm sorry have they gotten you up there yet but we sevens yeah the sevens yeah oh yeah. and then last year so last year they did um they did some 414 cares in Colorado. And so for the last, since I got married in 2015, I've had two kids since then. So I haven't been able to do any more of the climbs, but last year I did go back and climbed um, Mount Albert in Colorado. It's the tallest peak in Colorado. And on that one, it was not nearly as hard as the first one I did, but when I wanted to quit and when I was tired and wanted to turn around, I, I just kept thinking about raising the money for these kids and how this money would affect them and how hard they, you know, I, I literally watched one of my best friends hold her kid's hand while he passed away. So if she could do that, I could keep climbing. I wanted to get to the top. I wanted to say I made it. I wanted to say like, hey, this is why you should donate because we're helping kids and I did hard things. So 
from all of those climbs, we were able to develop with our growth this year, Keep Climbing. Um, and so we're the Keep Climbing Foundation. It's a 501c3, or we've registered for it. It has not been approved yet, but it will be um, within the next month or so. No, well, we're, we're glad to be able to, you know, donate and contribute. It's a wonderful cause. I mean, it's been, it's so great to see companies doing stuff that they're passionate about too. Um, one of the things that come up the, a lot in, in these podcasts with different things in the industry is very often the right thing to do is also a thing that helps your business at the end of the day. And like, it's clear that the, you have a passion about this beyond helping your business, but it sounds like it's also something that has helped your company reinvigorated your company, help your employees kind of given you, you know, a, a kind of um, different view on things. So I would love to hear a little bit about that um, of, you know, how is this, how does this then affect the marketing, your operations team? You know, how has that been like kind of a rallying cry at the company? I, uh, I can, I can uh, actually talk to how uh, I do a lot of uh, the hiring for the op side and I've had several uh, people come to me um, and say the reason they decided between us and another company was strictly because of our giving back and how we are to charity and stuff. So it's mm -hmm. always really nice to see. Uh, Brian Kelly's big uh, thing he always says about the charity is that, you know, uh, we're not just a mortgage company, but we're, we like to give back. And the reason we do mortgages to give back. So we're not there just trying to count our money at the end of the day. It's, it's, we have a greater cause. Mm-hmm. And with the foundation now it's not just one climb when it, you know we were we also had you know we were trying to run a company at the same time so we were getting the getting the climb together was a lot of work and so now with the marketing department but now with our foundation and there's a um, there's someone on the foundation that runs that full time and so with that he's able to get more climbs and so there will if, if somebody wants to just go climb a mountain on their own and just raise some money for a charity of their choice, we're able to do that. And so we'll be doing a lot more smaller climbs. And we actually um, have two girls going out in July from two employees from our company going out in July. There's a, we're sponsoring a girls on the run and they're climbing two mountains in Colorado. And so it's able to get other employees involved. It's a change, I mean, and, and the response of people that have wanted to, hey, when can I go on a climb or what climb can I do? And does it have, it doesn't have to be Seattle, uh, you know, Mount Rainier, it doesn't have to be, I mean, right, they just got back from Alaska. They just went for 10 days in Alaska. I don't know how I forgot that one. Um, they had no service. Like, like literally Ryan was trying to text me from a satellite phone to check on how the business was doing. Uh, and they got stranded up there because of the weather. So, you know, it doesn't always have to be the biggest mountain. It just, it's just anything that you can do to give back. And it just instills, you know, the family values of the home loan expert that we really believe that we're family here with all of our people and then with all the other people that we can touch. And it just it's wonderful makes how it's kind of taken on a life of its own. Nope, sorry. It's, it's wonderful how it's taken on a life of its own and the momentum and excitement that is clear that you, you have about it. Yeah, yeah, we're excited about it. We were glad to get the first climb and, yeah. you know, I, oh, a lot more things to come. There's, in to org. there's lots of information. And if anyone that listens wants to climb, it doesn't have to be, you know, I mean, we're, we're getting it set up that if anyone wants to just go climb for their own thing, that we can kind of help facilitate other people do that and kind of um, yeah. help on theirs. It doesn't have to be for our own thing. I think the, um, you know, mortgage industry is one that's done well compared to a whole lot of others in the last year. So it's great that companies are in a position to give back and do things like this and help, you know, such an important cause. So last question I do have for you is how do you train to climb a mountain when you live in the Midwest? 
We didn't. That's why I didn't make it to the top the first time. <laughs> when I did the first one, we were out in Mount Rainier and they were like, all these people, we went around the circle and they said, what have you climbed? And they're talking about all the different mountains they've climbed. And there's a little area called Castlewood. Castlewood. And how, how high is that? I mean, that's... It's about 400 feet in elevation. 400 feet. I was like, we Castlewood back and forth three or four times. So we... We had no idea when we saw that first mountain how big it was and how we were going to get to the top. And here, I, I we just, we but but since then, then Ryan does now that he's doing these other mountains, he goes out and he trains, and then uh, and then we and then we just do it. Mount Albert, I definitely trained a little more. I got on my bike and rode it a little more. But but you just have it's it's more it's as mental tough as it is physical tough. Yeah, Bob, have they gotten you up there yet? No, um, I have done uh, some other marches, but uh, I did. I do plan probably next year to uh, to venture out onto the mountain. Mm -hmm. Great. Well, He's um, not playing the Baton Death March. Tell yeah. them what you did because this is this is just as hard of climbing a mountain. Um, so I did the uh, Baton Death March uh, with Ryan, where we go. Uh, it's a marathon, but you walk through the White Sands Missile Range out in uh, New Mexico uh, with about a forty pound uh, rock on your back. And uh, yeah, so, March. Jesus. yeah, <laughs> that, he downplayed that way too yeah. much to let that go. So, um, it was pretty intense. Like April said, it was mentally exhausting, but um, as Ryan always says, uh, it's a different kind of fun, and you, you really uh, see what type of person you are after that. So, it was yeah. uh, that was a lot of that was you a great just have break. that kind of reward at the end of knowing that you do it too, and that, absolutely, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll be I'll be climbing some stairs uh, by my house uh, this afternoon. With, with <laughs> is there? Thanks so much for coming on. Is there anything that that we missed? Anything else you want to uh, mention? We'll make sure we we plug the foundation and put all the links um, when we promote this. No, I don't think so. No, I think that I think it was really good. Talked enough. Sounds good. Well, yeah, April Bob, great having you. This was a lot of fun. All right, thank, thank you, you, Jim. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We'd also love to hear from you in our comments or at lendingleaders at lssoftwaresolutions.com. A very special thanks to Elena Gardner and Brian Regas who helped produce our episodes each week. See you next time.